What's up, guys? This is the Be Yourself Podcast, episode number 16. I'm your host, Lord Swank. And um, this has been a crazy week for me, I'd say. Not just of um, just like newsworthy, but it's just been um, some stuff I had on my mind that just can't seem to get off. So let me just talk about um, a situation I had that happened uh, earlier in the week. That kind of um, kind of got me all. What could I say? Revved up. And um, kept replaying like the, the situation in my head and stuff like that. And so I kept replaying what I could have said and what I, um, how I could have worded something better. Just like, you know how when you have like an argument or something and you know um, how you should have said something so it could come out better and the other person can understand or whatever somewhat some like that I kind of replayed something over in my head and kept rethinking what I could have done better what I should have said what I could have taken out what they probably mistaken me saying or misconstrued or whatever and uh I'll get to it a little bit later but that's just something uh that I'm gonna uh, get to that ha- I kind of um, had me wrapped up in my my thoughts for most of this week so uh, I have a couple of um, topics I want to get to um, for the YouTube deep dive segment of this episode this is the second time um, doing a segment on the show I started it last week and I just thought it was a good idea because I watch a lot of YouTube. So uh, why not talk about a YouTube video and just point it out about um, um, something that I watched and thought it was either cool or something that was um, informative. And um, this YouTube deep dive segment today will be about uh, the story I heard about um that Patrice O'Neill told on um, radio when he was doing radio with um, Opie and Anthony uh, years ago. And um, Patrice O'Neill, if you don't know, is a was a comedian who uh, passed away, I think, 20, oh, I can't remember what year, I think it was 2011, 2012, I think. 2011, 2012, and um, I think he passed away from his complications of, uh, gosh, what did he have? I think he had, like, it was some health problems he had, and um, he died from complications of that, and um, he was a comedian. He was super hilarious. I mean just listening to his material um and his uh some of his specials he's he's definitely top five for me of all time he slid in there i'd say in the last 
two to three years for me just listening to all of his content that's been put out there on the internet by people who've uh, recovered some of his uh, his content from the Opie and Anthony shows. And he had his own uh, show called The Black Phillip Show where he gave um, relationship advice to people, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, he's told this one story about how um, maybe I, let me just introduce all the topics and then I'll probably go into that first. And uh, it was called The Greatest Story Ever Told on Radio by Patrice O'Neill. And something else I saw on, on um, YouTube that was pretty powerful to watch was um, the Secret to Success podcast that E.T., the hip hop preacher, um, really popular, probably one of the best uh, out there, probably is the best out there uh, motivational speaker. And um, he has his own podcast, The Secret to Success podcast. And they had Inky Johnson on on this one episode that I was just like looking through on E.T.'s YouTube page. And I saw it and I remember seeing his speech, uh, like clips of one of his uh, motivational speeches, uh, Inky Johnson's on, I think, Instagram. I think I saw some parts on YouTube as well. He's a real powerful um, speaker as well. And uh, they had him on a podcast and he was talking about this one concept that was pretty, uh, that really hit me. Um, he was talking about counterfeit passion and I'll get into that later as well. And um, of course, the story I was telling you about um, earlier with uh, with the uncle was trying to give me basically advice but he wasn't qualified to give pretty much and um another topic i'll get into is why you can't ask a woman's age and i think that will go into something else i want to talk about as well yeah so i'll get to the patrice story so um I've pretty much watched a whole, just about every um, Patrice O'Neill um, video of him talking about certain topics that there is out there for the most part. Like there's hundreds, hundreds of videos of him, um, of clipped up um, segments where he would talk about certain um, topics, whether it's women, whether it's uh industry whether it's talking about comedy and people in comedy or just life stuff and um because he has so much thank god to thank god for um him being able to release his uh, uh speak his mind back in the early 2000s and for people to actually be able to uh recover the content that he put out on these platforms and to put them out on YouTube so they can forever live and out um, and continue his legacy of the way he thought and stuff like that. Even though most of this, maybe some of the stuff that he was teaching guys about women and uh, 
life and stuff may be outdated, but um, he really had a a incredible mind when it came to uh, just the way he thought. He was just different, and um, he was pretty great. And the story he told was about this. There was the the story he told pretty much came about because there was him, um, Opie and Anthony uh, were doing a show, of course, and he was on it. And I think he was just like a regular person that was just on the show. So I think he brought so much value just because of the way he spoke, how he spoke. The energy that he brought was just unfathomable. And I think they probably just couldn't think about not keeping him on a show. So because they loved him so much. And you could just tell from um, the many uh, clips that uh, that are out there. So. I think at first it was talking about this. Um, I think a woman accused the guy of rape or something like that. And uh, he was pretty much explaining how um, he thinks that there's no such thing as like a. Um, it was like it was kind of rape is he said it's either like it is rape or it wasn't. So. <laughs> There is no like really in between about something like that, which I understand totally because nowadays, um, especially with the Me Too movement, there are certain situations like the Aziz Aziz situation where that was just pretty much a bad date from the details that we know. Um, Sounded like just a bad date. It wasn't like he just like. Uh did some really dangerous stuff and just like didn't um how can I say it it wasn't like he forced himself on her and it was just completely that it was it was a little give and take here and there and she was uncomfortable so she uh put that story out I guess and that wasn't really anything to be persecuted over. That was like a bad experience. It wasn't nothing to call home about and say, yeah, this is this is um, horrible. It shouldn't be like this, but it should just happen sometimes. And um, and he kept talking about it. He, he told a story that he said he never told before about how uh, when he was in, I think, I think he said middle school. I think it was high school, actually. He was in high school, and he had, um, him and his friends had picked up some girls and uh, on the way to find some other girls, I think. Can't remember the story exactly. You just have to um, look it up on YouTube, but the exact details how he told it but um pretty much happened is he had picked some two girls up and um i think i can't remember how many boys he had with him i think it was maybe at least five six boys that was with him included him and um they went back to patrice's crib and 
they pretty much uh, <laughs> uh, jumped them off. Pretty much like uh, she was loving the. They were loving the crew. Uh, a gangbang, whatever you want to call it, and um, and so can't remember what exactly transpired wait wait a minute I I just I just blanked during the story where I was just remembering something um I think one of the oh uh, yep 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 that's what happened okay so that happened right they was all smashing at the crib at Patrice's crib and Patrice, uh, <laughs> he said his mom was uh, away at a funeral, or whatever. So that's how the crib was empty for him to get this off or whatever. And so they go back to school. And apparently one of the kids that was in the one of the guys that was there. He pretty much told somebody and that kid told the girl and tried to blackmail her. Pretty much say, if you don't give me a blowjob, then I'm going to tell everybody that you did this with all these guys and such and such or whatever. And so she does it. And course it broke her down she like couldn't like because doing something like that at that age is is really can really have your mind wrapped up in a lot of stuff and that's just too much for a kid in high school to go through all those emotions and stuff like that as far as just like pretty much whoring out like that so Eventually, he said she ran to the principal's office and um, just told on everybody. And um, when she told on the kid she gave the blowjob to, he pretty much told on Patrice and his friends. And then literally, they got caught up in the case. Well, I'll I'll turn into this. Like, it, it pretty much... Um, I'm gonna just make this story a little bit, uh, condense it or whatever. So long story short, they eventually go to like jail or whatever, or prison. And I think, um, Patrice said he, he had to do two months, which doesn't sound bad, but two months in prison is, especially at, a being in high school. And um, he was saying how one of the guys I was in the group, he was so scared of uh, getting raped, of course, because I'm pretty sure in high school you get all the the don't drop the soap jokes and uh, other jail jokes that you hear. And I'm pretty sure he probably all that shit went to his head and he couldn't keep calm during the shit during that time period. So Patrice was saying how that kid. Uh, one of the kids in their group pretty much didn't shower, didn't bra- bathe, 
And um, <laughs> he said one of the guys that came up to um, one of the guys in jail came up to Patrice and pretty much told him like, "Why is your co-defendant not showering?" <laughs> and uh, and he's smelling up the joint and shit like that or whatever. Pretty much causing uh some sort of unwanted attention towards him. And it's probably the worst thing that kid could have done because of course now you got people uh having to defend you or defend the dumb shit that you're doing. So but um so yeah he pretty much told he went a little bit on and on and stuff like that, but literally he had to do like two months in jail or in prison because of somebody who snitched and said they raped raped them but didn't because um she was blackmailed and that led to a chain reaction and of course her emotions couldn't really think logically about the situation so um yeah and uh that happened and that was like a really crazy story to think about and especially him talking about him being in jail and stuff and then uh he was saying how some of the members that was a part of some gangs in the in jail because in prison sorry i keep saying jail and prison because he was saying how in prison uh you can't really survive unless you're part of something because if somebody wants to um either provoke you or like try to like take a stab at you or you know like mess with you if you're not a part of anybody then they just gonna do what they want to do with you because they have nobody because you have nobody to back you if some shit goes wrong and he was pretty much saying how some of one of the members of one of the gangs and the um in the prison pretty much befriended him because they thought he was funny of course because he, he said he was a goofy kid so uh he kept people laughing all the time so he was able to sustain himself <coughs> excuse me he was able to sustain himself because he was a funny kid and he was a goofy kid and um he also told this other um he didn't tell the story, but this was a part of the story as well, where um, initially when his mom, when Patrice's mom found this out, she pretty much put him in the trunk of a car and like drove him like out of state or whatever when they was trying to find him for like a good month or whatever. And, uh, and eventually, of course, he came back, but uh, so he could face what he had to do, me you know, face the trial and face the consequences or whatever. But um, I thought that was a crazy, um, crazy little instance in the story of just like how his mom pretty much just like took initiative to like really protect her son enough to um, to that extent, actually just like put him in the trunk of a car and just like hide him out for a while until shit kind of cooled down, which is crazy. Cause most parents are the first to just be like, Oh, 
you got to pay the consequences. You did what you did. Now you got to do what you, um, now you got to reap the rewards of your bad behavior or whatever. And so that story was just really crazy. And, um, I was just like, wow, that's, that's sick. That can really, like, he's, he even said that like some, um, he said one of the guys never was the same after that shit. So, cause I mean, especially having some shit like that happen as a, um, in your formative years when you're growing into or molding into a person you're about to be and some shit out of nowhere just kind of like derails you. Let me take a sip of water real quick. Okay, I'm back. So, um, yeah, like, that's crazy how um, something like that can really, like, derail you from a path of greatness, of endless opportunities. And, uh, and that's something they have to put, they would have to put on their resume or mention it if they were going into college and they were probably get, going to get turned down because of it. So, and um, I think now that I'm remembering even more, uh, the reason that his mom uh, pretty much did that was just because that he, I think he told her that she was a white girl um, that did that. So that a white girl doing something like that in Boston, one of the most racist cities um, in America, he could really, something really could happen to him. So um, I think that was another little uh, intricate detail in the story about how like the the judge knew that um, it was a bullshit story, but he kept the the judge kept getting a lot of like flack for letting people off in the last couple of cases, I guess, and so he used them as an example to like, I guess, um, show people that he wasn't just like easy with people just because of. Um, certain instances and situations and stuff like that. So he kind of, that judge put them in that position to appease people and to teach them a lesson, which was kind of fucked up at the same time. Because, like, if you knew it was bullshit, why would you even morally do some shit like that, which could fuck up that, that kid's life, those kids' lives forever? I'm pretty sure that he was, he was, uh, um, touched by that story as well, as far as, um, Patrice, um, that changing his life for, maybe it could be for the worse or for the best as well, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, hearing that story, I was just like, man, that's, that's some wild shit I could easily understand why his philosophy was like there's either rape or it's just um 
Like there's rape and there's just like other side of just like uh, a regular night out, um, one night stand or whatever instance you'll be um, engaging in intercourse with. But yeah, because with with that subject, it's not really a, a, a gray area because Because women are the gatekeepers of sex, so if you are not comfortable doing it in the first place, just say no, and and then that goes to another point. It's just like women who who don't know how to say no shouldn't even get into those situations at all, or even should be having sex if if you don't even have the courage to say no to a guy. So, yeah, that was rough to hear. I was like, damn, that's that's crazy. And um, he has a lot of um, insightful, um, like, knowledge about, I say, like, the best knowledge he has is definitely about women, bar none. Like, it's just his philosophy on the way he ran his relationship when he was alive was just crazy. And, um, like, guys like Opie and Anthony, when they was on the show, they just couldn't understand it whatsoever of how he could uh, manipulate, not manipulate, but... Uh, just really stand firm on who he is and what he does and not waver from that. Cause most, most guys are, um, are beta males. And by beta males, it's like the guy who buys all the flowers, the guy who tells him I love him a hundred times a day. And, talks on the phone all the time uh did I say giving him flowers probably so buying him all these gifts uh buying um just just giving away his free free time just giving away free time just to be around a girl you know can't really explain that part. I think to me, it's, it's 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 pretty much every guy you see on the movie, in a in a movie in a relationship, romantic comedy, those type of movies where the guy he's buying all the flowers, he's 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 he fixes everything in the house. Um. Without no, no, no thought behind whether do I care or not, do I care or not not to do this, or is my time valuable, more valuable than spending his time with her or whatever, and for me it's 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 different because I'm an introvert. And I love my alone time. Like, I can't get enough of it. 
And so for me, I can't have a woman around me all the time. I just can't. Like, best case scenario, like I'd see a woman like maybe two to two to three times a week at best. At best. One week would be awesome. Two to three, that'll probably be on that would be like on the high end, like for real. Like, cause I've grown up with my mom and my sister for most of my life. Sorry about that. I'm gonna turn my ringer off. Um, and so being around them, uh, it's just like I already been around enough feminine energy for most of my life to to not want that want some on my own and doing my own shit so like being around I understand it's um, good to have uh, women energy around you um, at some po- at certain points so you can grow old with and companionship and all that shit but I don't really care about that shit I don't think because uh, I think most people don't understand that like not everybody is is built for like a, a marriage or a long term relationship, and I don't think I am. And uh, I just I just value my alone time too much to even um, do something like that, to be honest. Because, like with me, like that's where I get all my energy, where I get all my, um, wouldn't say pride, but, uh, just where I can, uh, rejuvenate myself and my mind and my, my spirit, you know, I just gotta be alone to do stuff like that. I can't be around people and they cloud your judgment and cloud your, your thought process and how you think about shit and, and other people use their excuses and their bad energy and they transfer it to, transfer it to you. And I stay cautious of shit like that. Like, I can't, can't hang around too many people that just, like, are shitty. Uh, you know what I mean? So I just always got to protect my energy. Especially around women because they're probably the biggest downfall to man that has ever been created. Nothing else will. Not robots. Not fucking. Uh, no fucking uh, job market. No. None of that shit. No taxes. No jail. None of that. I don't think is 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 more. Um, it's more intimidating than. Uh, and being in a, a bad relationship with a woman or picking the wrong woman for that matter. Because I just think it's it's something that men are just not privy of because they just it, we just want ass. And it's important, of course, because like if you look at the Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Uh, sex. um Water, shelter, food is right at the bottom and um, makes perfect sense because um, 
I try to relay like certain situations to back in way, way back in the days when we were just like animals and we were in our uh, tribes of um, people and groups and stuff like that. And I'd say most likely like Apocalypto, like like that movie. I really go back to that and think on certain situations and how they apply nowadays and how we're not that different from those people. We pretty much like have complicated our lives by like technology and advancement and just all this other shit that we have in today's world of like just taxes and all these crazy laws and cars and planes and houses and shit. And so, excuse me. And so like, for instance, um, let's see, like when it comes to, um, like being in a relationship with a woman, Back in, like, I'll relay it back to Apocalypto. She's, uh, there was a woman in that movie that uh, had a kid with the main character. Um, and the main character was uh, pretty much, um, was being captured by these people that were going to kill all of his uh, his tribe and his members and stuff like that. And it was pretty much, um being uh held in captive and in chains and and were taken to this place that was going to pretty much um dissolve their their uh, species or their specific tribe or whatever that is being conquered stuff like that and so uh there's this one scene of how he pretty much escaped and they pretty much the people was chasing him throughout the movie and um they had people being getting their heads chopped off on the guillotine and they had uh people set off to the side being um uh pushed into this field and all I had to do was run and make it through the um the field without being hit with spears and and uh fucking uh bow and arrows and and shit like that and it was pretty bad to watch of just people running, getting killed. Um, it was just sad to see. And, um, and then this guy, the main character, he pretty much was fast as a fucking, uh, fucking gazelle. And he was just dodging the people and shit. And, um, and some of the people that even got close to, going through the uh i guess it was the cornfield or whatever that was um uh way in the back of this area that they was running towards and um some people would get close and uh one of the guys would just like um kill them like either no they didn't have guns they would he would uh just um hit him with a knife and kill him like that. Even if they, if they even got close to escaping. Right. So, so the main character, he escapes and I think that was close to knifing him. And I think he killed that guy and he escaped and kept going. And for the most, most part of the movie was them trying to catch him and shit like that. And 
um, thing about it was that that guy, the main character, he had a kid on the way and um, he had a kid on the way and he already had another little one. And so he had a reason to really fight as hard as he did to get back to his his uh, his peoples, his family. And for the women, for the woman in that instance, if she didn't find the proper mate, um, if she if she didn't pick the right guy like she did, then her her family wouldn't survive and she would have died along with the kids. And so if you relay that to the modern day time, it's like um, with me understanding more about women's uh, nature and uh, female nature and just uh, different concepts about how women uh, pick men and why they do certain shit and stuff like that. Uh, it makes sense because um, we look as when we look at women as like objective, like like um, like a trophy piece. I mean, it is like kind of what it is. Like that's how we process it. Like we see a woman, we say easily in five seconds, we would smash. We we uh we go at her. She give us a number. Hopefully, we uh, try to um, conjure up maybe a date or an outing that could lead to me snatching, smashing or whatever. That's just our nature. That's just how we're built. We are built to um, procreate with lots of women because, and just to think about it, why would why would God or um, higher power, whatever you believe in, give us so much, um, so much sperm in our bodies just to sit there and and wait for one woman to procreate with. We're just not built like that. And if this was a apocalyptic, um, um, time frame, of course, men would just spread seeds all over the place and or not that just spread spread a lot of seeds with just one woman, not spread a lot of seeds, but just um, create a lot of children with just one woman. And it makes sense. But. Um, yeah, and so the vetting process for a woman, that's why it's, it's so unrealistic at times because it's like um why do i have to go through so many hoops just to um get into a relationship but um, on the flip side a woman she's looking at a lot of other stuff she's looking at uh is this guy comfortable of course to be around because she has to be safe around a guy she has to um Make sure that this guy isn't um, isn't timid, like uh, like he's wish washy with making decisions. Uh, he can't be a guy that's not like resourceful or um, competent 
She has to be with a guy that uh, has his shit together. Um, you know, the long, big-ass checklists that women have. But they have this checklist because they, if they want to produce offspring with this person, then they have to display qualities that that will make that possible and create a, a good family, a happy home, and... Um, and be able to produce uh, good children to eventually uh, not only take care of them, but to produce uh, good um, members of society into the world. So it makes certain, it makes total sense why they think the way they think if you really truly think about it. And um, what men have to understand is like we just have to teach ourselves about shit like this because if you don't you're just sleepwalking through life and and whatever your dick tells you to do you pretty much do it because you're not thinking with your head you're just thinking with your dick and um it leads you to a long long path of just utter just loneliness and sadness to me if you just like sleepwalking through uh, do your um, transgressions with women and shit like that because um, it's oof. I just see guys that, that have kids with the wrong woman or uh, vice versa and their lives are fucked for the rest of rest of their lives and that shit can't um that shit can be reversed and you're pretty much attached to that person for the rest of your life, which sucks. And, um, and on a, on the men's side, it's even worse because especially if y'all break up, then you'll probably most likely will have to pay child support unless, um, the woman you have is not super vindictive about how y'all relationship didn't, uh, pan out and shit like that. But it's off on a tangent, um, truthfully, but, um, I think that would tie into um, one of my topics of why you can't really ask a woman's age, uh, why you can't ask a woman her age. And um, it's pretty hilarious because because uh, um, I, I just watched a video before I... Um, started this podcast and it really kind of like spawned this idea for this topic to talk about. And it's just like, why, um, asking a woman's age is so offensive. Like, I don't understand it. And the video I watched was a, of a girl who was, um, pretty much talking about a situation where she was, uh, she asked a woman her age and she got offense. She said it was offensive and shit like that. And it was funny cause the girl said that like, the whole conversation was built around like asking people their age and um, stuff like that. And cause the girl had asked um, her, um, her age, she told her. And then when she gave her the same question back, she looked at her like she was stupid or crazy and shit like that. It was like, you can't ask a woman her age, especially around men and um, that was just like a question that I 
kind of just thought about. I mean, I've been thinking about that for a minute. Um, just periodically, just like, why is it so bad to ask a woman her age? I don't know. But because um, I, I think it's uh, I think the woman in the video said something about how like back in. Or hmm, at least 100 years ago where women didn't um, they were pretty much their value was tied to their youth and fertility. And of course, when you get older, your fertility and your youth, um, and your, uh, uh, your looks falter and you look uh, less desirable. And so your, your value drops. And so you're pretty much, um, that's the kind of the deeper meaning behind why women like uh so like protective of that sort of thing and it's only people that are past a certain age that do that because if you're in your 20s you don't fucking care and maybe if you're in your 30s and you still look great uh they don't really they're they don't care but um it's past like a certain age, I guess, after they hit that wall, um, that when their looks falter, then I guess they they just result to saying shit like that because they, I don't know, man. Uh, I've, I'm learning a lot about like female nature and shit like that, but some stuff you just we just don't understand for whatever reason. Like, I, I understand a lot of shit, but they, let me, let me see if I can explain it better. I understand a lot now, but it still just doesn't make sense for the most part. Like, it it's a lot that just doesn't make sense. I'll probably do another episode of what I learned about female nature and shit like that, but, uh, for another podcast. But, um, and then, um, it's funny cause people. People that are older, like your elders, they'll they'll use their age when it's appropriate. Like, you know, that shit is it's funny to me because it's like age is like a badge of honor because most people don't make it past a certain age. Whether it's your age in a certain um, um, race, like you'll see a lot of movies where it'd be a guy where. He would say like, yo, like where I come from, you don't make it past the age of 18 or 21 or whatever the case is because it's so bad and so uh, poverty stricken and whatnot and and crime and drugs and stuff like that is floating in and out of here and stuff like that. So you'll see and, and hear certain um, stuff like that in certain communities or in movies and whatever the case is. But uh, it's like when people get to a certain age, they just they they use it when they think it's uh when they think it's valuable at the time. Like they'll like a woman won't say her age, but she'll use it against you to make you not even a woman, just like any person in general. They'll use it against you just to to try to sun you type shit. 
That's what I can't stand either. It's just like, yeah, you'll use your age for, um, as far as like, like on a woman's standpoint, they'll use your age as to protect, um, uh, something about them. But like, as far as like being in an argument with an older person, um, they'll use that as saying like, I know more to you, not because I'm smarter, because I've been here longer, which makes sense. But sometimes you'll talk to somebody that's older than you and they'll tell you some advice about something that's that, you know, deep down in your gut is just horrible advice. You just know it. It's just, you just know it. And. um, You you really don't have anything to combat that with because. They're using the that is like a card they play and to either whether not to shame you, but just to sun you and make you just say. Like. Just try to. I don't know, it's just like a, a card they use just to dead the situation It's just like it's, it's stupid, but yeah, I don't understand it, but it just happens. I don't know why, but it should just happens like that. For some reason, it's like people use their age just to justify certain shit. Like they'll use their age not to do something like they'll say, oh, it's, I'm too old to do such and such or too old to chase my dreams or whatever. But it's just like shit. You still got breath in your body. You ain't too old to do all the other shit you got to do to make shit happen like this a lot of people that's 40 plus that have made their dreams come true and built the companies that are popular today whether it's um kfc that's probably the the oldest person i think the guy that made the original kfc like recipe for the chicken he was like 62 or whatever he got turned down by thousands of people um he tried to pitch it to and eventually someone came around and he got his chance and built KFC. Um, and I think I think Walmart started from like a, a, a guy in his 40s or something like that. And some other companies I saw that was uh, on his Instagram post about um, people from older age that started their companies. And pretty much the post was saying like it's never too late to go after your dreams and make your dreams come true and shit like that yeah I just thought that was something else to talk about about like how people um elders use their age to like uh they'll use their age in in favorable um instances and stuff like that it's just like you should embrace your age at all points like whether you're um wiser or whether you're uh, more fit whether you're uh, more knowledgeable about shit, whether it's your career, like, like your age is supposed to be a badge of honor, but people use it. They're flip foplet um, when they want to, and you know, um, use that card to either either belittle people or just to like sun you or just to shame you about shit. 
Yeah, but that's just uh, something random. And that pretty much goes into the story about how my, um, how uh, one of my uncles that came down from um, New York, he pretty much, uh, it was a surprise, it was a surprise, I guess, that he came down and uh, he came to, uh, to see my grandma, which is his mom, of course, and uh, to celebrate her birthday. And um, he came by my crib and uh, the next day, I think, and um, that day he left later on that night. And he, I was playing him some of my music and stuff like that because uh, he's from he's been up in New York for a minute now. In a long time. And so uh, he's pretty much uh, ran into a lot of people um, that was that could be in the industry and could help me out or whatever. And um, he would listen to some of my music and stuff like that. And I'm kind of like telling him about like some of my plans I got for like my music for this year and how to like how I'm going about putting it out and stuff like that. And um, he would give his feedback or whatever. And um, he would say, this is nice. He said pretty much most of the beats I had were pretty dope. And I knew my beats were dope at the, uh, that I have at the moment now. It's just like really been elevating. So, And we got into this deeper conversation um, about like I was telling him about this situation I had with uh, – like um, a producer that I was kind of um, collaborating with or um, getting into the business of collaborating with this guy. And he's mostly uh, close, pretty much, I guess you would say, in the industry. He's in the industry. And, um, and I was telling him about this situation. He was saying how basically he said it was pretty fishy. He thought that this was kind of like a, a scam or or something like that. And um, a scam that uh, pretty much the whole situation of me uh, paying for opportunity to like work with this guy. And um, of course, he didn't understand because he's not in the industry. He has no idea of how we do music nowadays. And... Um, he pretty much tried to tell me that like this was s- stupid and use your head. Uh, you got to make good decisions, blah, 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 some shit like that. And, and it kind of really pissed me off because it's just like you, he gave me advice that he didn't have the authority to give. He wasn't qualified to give the advice. And then he kind of, tried to like use like the age thing like I told you try to like say like oh yeah like I'm older than I'm older than you so I've been around longer and such and such or whatever and I was like yeah here we go when you when you can't really explain your your argument you go to the age thing okay and um pretty much told me that like don't do it 
this is probably a scam. And I can just poke holes through his argument about like, this is a bad thing. First of all, he mentioned like, like I showed him the guy's Instagram that I was um, potentially working with at the time. Well, uh, getting to working with or whatever. And um, he was like, why does this person don't have like, he only has nine posts. Why is he, why is he not um, active or whatever? And I was just like, not everybody's active on Instagram is everybody's different. He was like, how long has Instagram been out? What you mean he's not active? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, okay. And um, another thing he said, um, he tried to relay, like, when he used the age thing of like, oh, I've been here longer. I'm older than you. I've been here longer, blah, blah, blah. And he said, <clears throat> excuse me. And then he said, um, he, he talked about this story about how like, uh, one of my, one of our family members, like got scammed into some shit where, uh, on the internet where he was talking to this girl and he was sending her money and eventually it came out to be a scam and shit like that. I was like, oh, okay. You're just going to relay any type of scam to like. <laughs> to this situation like it applies like there's another thing that poked another hole in that argument but uh especially like um what i remember well actually when i after this thing was over and um and you eventually left i kept thinking about it. i was like wow this is crazy so if if I didn't have a strong enough mind as I do now and I'm building it up to be, I could potentially lose opportunities and not take risks because I have people in my corner that don't know what they're talking about, giving advice on shit that they don't know about. And that really, that really hit me. I was like, wow. If I was just some uh, uh, young kid who didn't know shit, who was just good at making music, but wasn't um, involving myself into learning about how we do stuff nowadays in the music industry and actively learning about shit, then I would easily believe exactly what he was talking about. Just because... Um, like he said, he was older and he's been around and whatever, but is, doesn't do what I do. He's just like a fan basically. And yeah, he may know some people since he's been in New York for a minute and stuff like that. And so pretty sure he probably ran to people that's in the industry, but none of that shit matters if, if, uh, you're not doing it. And you're the one giving advice and not saying like, oh, yeah, um, I told you, I told, I relayed the situation to somebody I know that's in the industry. And he said, do this, do that, probably shouldn't do this or whatever. That makes sense. But to for me to listen to somebody's advice that's not 
actively doing what I'm doing or is not where I want to be, um, it's, it's pretty stupid. And um, it's not to say that uh, to bash this person or um, bash my uncle or whatever. It was just the instance where, like, you got to step back and say, wow, uh, don't take advice from people that are not doing what you're doing or don't want to do what you're doing. And they're just sitting on the sidelines, like, not actively uh, doing what you want to do. Or even in the stratosphere, let alone doing what you want to do. Like, basically, what I quantified it in my head was just, like, pretty much uh, a person who who watches television and watches basketball uh, religiously trying to um, teach Markel how to fix his jump shot. That's what I pretty much... Um, um, put it in metaphor wise just pretty much explained it like that it's just like somebody that hasn't even touched a basketball since maybe even high school trying to help Markel Fultz fix his fucking jump shot like it's pretty stupid like if if Markel were to run into like somebody at a restaurant and they were tell and they were telling him giving him advice on how to fix a jump shot and he asked him, and Markel asked him, oh, really? What you do? And you just say, like, any random, any 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 job that's not basketball whatsoever. And like, oh, really? You do that? Mm. Do you, like, play basketball in your off time? Nah, I don't play. I haven't played in, since high school. Oh, okay. Um, you know anybody that does, like, um... Uh, workouts, sports workouts, NBA workouts. Uh, nah. Uh, okay. So I'm not going to listen to your advice. Uh, you know, you have no authority. No, no, no. You're not qualified to give me advice. Pretty much. So why should I take it? And that's what pretty much how I um, thought about the situation. Uh, that was kind of on my mind, so glad I got that off my chest. And, um, yeah, that was crazy to see. I was just like, wow. Uh, like, even, I, I just kept thinking about, like, wow, if I wasn't really, uh, trying to become the best version of myself and, like, reading and really stimulating my mind with, with, uh, with great thoughts and, and um, powerful thoughts from either reading or reading stuff on the internet and uh, listening to podcasts and stuff like that. It's just like trying to become better, uh, focusing on music a lot, not watching TV and doing all the other shit that I could have easily succumbed to whatever he was trying to do and say like, no, this is probably a bad idea. Don't do it. And um, I just really thought about that. And I kind of like patted myself on the back mentally. Just said like, wow, if you wasn't, if this was maybe like two, three years ago, you probably would have took his advice and just 
just squandered a, a opportunity. And what he didn't realize is that in this industry, sometimes you got to either you got to if you're not. If you don't have a, a name or or something to bring to the table, you got to bring something to to make the person who has leverage any some sort of um any some sort of credence to even think about making this worthwhile and so that was kind of the situation of I had to bring something to the table um pretty much money to make this collaboration happen and of course he didn't understand that so um that's why he uh, his argument was the way it was and how he felt, I guess. And obviously I can't speak for him, but uh, I could just relay what the feeling I got from how he was saying it. And um, yeah, that's something he didn't understand because of course he's not doing what I'm doing. He's not updated on how we do things. And um, he just doesn't know. So I just kind of chalk it up as that and I keep it moving. But, um, yeah, it's just like sometimes you got to there's either opportunities that are free and there's others you got to pay for. And this was an opportunity that I paid for. And and I looked at it as lists like he was saying, like, oh, what if like uh, this happens and uh, you you get your music stolen or whatever and it's just like he's thinking so small that is sad like in 2019 you can't be thinking about your music getting stolen you really can't because what's the point if it gets stolen i mean somebody stole a couple people stole my beats when i first started making beats and I would see I would like I literally like look my name up on YouTube and ran one random day and um I found like this guy used two of my beats and the song was horrible and he was horrible and you know why I didn't do anything because it was horrible and he had no views and and I'm pretty sure no one listened and um uh, this was a lot of things that he he mentioned that was just that just gave me a, a clear sign that he he didn't know what he was talking about, or he didn't have really good knowledge of what I'm doing. So I just left it at that, and um, and um, yeah, it is what it is. It's not like I have any beef towards him at all about it. It's just that I'm just not gonna take his his advice. As far as what I'm doing, because uh, he doesn't have any, um, he's not, he doesn't have the authority and the qualifications to give good advice. So I just left it at that. That was probably the biggest thing that I kept thinking about is. This whole week because that happened I think on a Monday or Tuesday can't remember I think it was a Monday 
yeah, it was a Monday. And so it kind of started my week week off kind of on a bad note just to think about it. Because it's, it's like you're giving somebody's advice on their career in a field that you have no, you're just in a, you're diving into an ocean that is, is bottomless and you can't swim. So, yeah, that's just how I thought about it. Yeah, so I'd say for advice for people, it's just like you have to really vet the person that's giving you advice. Uh, Depends. Like, I would say, is that person in a position um, that is of some stature that that this advice could give you uh, some good results or that this person is giving advice that he has been through or he's given advice that um can lead you up to a place where he is currently at that you like and maybe you'll want to be at and that's what i kind of do my vetting process on getting advice from people because you shouldn't get advice from everybody everybody just don't have um just don't give good advice um just be honest and um that instance he was just giving bad advice because uh, we were talking about other stuff and he was unknowledgeable and this would be like simple shit that you would know if he was in he was uh learning about the industry and learning about shit that uh i know about because i'm studying um and actively learning about the whole music side of stuff and how to do business and um parts of like how uh, certain things go about as far as a music producer and all this type of stuff. But he has no knowledge, so he couldn't give any um, qualified uh, answers. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to just get off of it. So another thing um, I want to talk about is um, what else we have on our docket here? Oh, yeah. Uh, counterfeit passion. So Inky Johnson was talking about this thing on uh, the Secrets of Success podcast. That I saw, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before. And um, I'm recording this on a Thursday. And so he was talking about his concept of how uh, people have counterfeit passion. And he was saying how he will, he went to. He met with the Knicks and I think he was about to do business with them or he was probably on a tour and um, other, excuse me, other facility maybe or just talking with the team. Oof, excuse me. And um, he was saying how like he asked him like, what's wrong with the team and whatever? He was just like, they said, uh, Phil Jackson. He was like, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson gone. Uh, Jeff Hornacek. He was like, huh? Jeff Hornacek gone. And that was, he was like, uh, what else he said? Triangle offense. You know, triangle offense, that's gone. Like, <laughs> he was like, y'all let the politics take y'all passion away. See, y'all forgot. And they was like, what? Forgot what? He was like, y'all forgot when 
Y'all was on the playground. Y'all forgot when y'all was putting in work as a young kid. Y'all forgot how much, um, how fun it was to go outside and play basketball when y'all first started. Y'all didn't under, y'all forgot how, like, what got y'all to doing, um, to playing basketball in the first place. Y'all forgot what drove y'all to become the player y'all today, pretty much. And I was just like, damn, that's, it was like, y'all got counterfeit passion. Like, y'all, when y'all don't make the money y'all want to make, y'all, y'all don't play the same. Like, that's not a real passion. And I was just like, damn, that is fucking true. Cause you'll see a lot of people that either I say the biggest ones is NFL and NBA, where you see these uh, either stars or players that they get into certain situations and they just give up because they don't, the situation isn't the way they like it. So they just not going to play the way they, they usually play when they're playing great. And I was just like, damn, that shit's crazy. Cause, oh man, that is crazy. Cause it's like, you have put everything on the line to get to the NBA. And then when you get there, you, you, you become successful. You're making huge bank and, um, you're, you're thriving, you're doing commercials and whatever. And then once you ain't getting what you think you deserve, you're just going to play like shit just so you can um, get go to another team in a better situation so you can play how you how you um, play before just so you could win a championship. Like, I understand it, but that's crazy. That's it really hit me because it just really tells you that like you got to enjoy the process because if you don't, then once you get what you think you deserve, your passion might falter and you might just like, like, uh, just not do something just because it's not a check. Uh, it's not a big check or it's not a check in general associated with it, which is sad, but it is, just is what it is and um some people just like like et was pretty much explaining like um like every gig he does is is it, it isn't any different from the next one like it doesn't matter if it's a big corporate gig or if it's if he's just talking to the elementary school kids he gives the same level of passion and he said he just doesn't understand people that don't do that because it's it's your passion. Why would you half-ass it when you want to? When you know you can be great, you know you can do great things, but you just you you take a day off with something that isn't isn't um isn't beneficial financially. So that was crazy, and um I. I suggest people to listen to that podcast. It's really good. And um, the people that come on the podcast, they all seem to have uh, like a good good mind, good open mind. And they give good advice. 
for sure. And I think all the stuff ET does, um, as far as the motivational stuff and he has so many other programs that he has going on. It's just, he's really, really powerful speaker, man. Um, I don't think I could ever think about somebody else's probably before him that was really powerful like that. Maybe it's Les Brown or whatever, but real powerful speaker. And um, I'd say maybe watch for for me, I would say watch maybe one or two five at the most of his speeches and just put it in the work. Don't become a fiend like some people do and just watch it every single day. And now you, you can't even get motivated without it. So that's why I would say, because it comes to a certain point where people, they just, they're addicted to just watching the videos and not putting in the work. So I'd say like maybe watch one and go and apply what he's telling you in the video. And then, once you start doing that, then come for some more because that's it's better to, to digest it like that than just to watch 12 of them at one time. And, oh, yeah, motivated for one day. And then you slip back into the old routine that you you've been doing and um, your progress falters and all of the motivation just runs out easily so yeah and um and another thing was like on a podcast is that uh et was given inky was telling um the story on the podcast about how he was getting advice from et about doing like his first like corporate gig or whatever and et pretty much told him like why is this a big gig and he was like like uh um it's only everything is big for me, I think E.T. said, because it's just like this is what he's passionate about. And so it shouldn't be any different than a smaller gig just because it's um, it's a bigger check uh, attached to it. It's still your passion. So it shouldn't matter which um, however much the dollar amount is. And. I suggest watching that podcast or listening to it because I just, I, he, Inky Johnson just has one of the stories that just never gets old. And he, then he had a story um, of how he um, got his book to Oprah. That was really powerful of just like the thought of, I don't know how I'm going to get this done, but I'm going to do it. And the the pieces fell in place for him in that story. And um, that continued to build his, his confidence later on in life and um led him to be one of the best speakers along with et so yeah that was really that was really dope to see and um i try to watch the podcast at least like once once in a while not once in a while but i'd say probably like maybe a couple times a week um just to to get that that sort of knowledge because what, what most people don't realize is that you don't get this sort of knowledge from being around uh, whoever you hang around. It's just, it's just not these people are living lives that a lot of people dream of. And so the only way you can attain some stuff, some of the stuff that these people have, if you aspire for that is to 
get into the mind of these people and to learn more about them through whether it's podcast or their videos or um, content that they put out in the world. And that's what really, I think, sets me apart from a lot of people is that I'm not afraid to um, challenge my my thoughts and to um, to sort of combine them with people that I admire and their thoughts and sort of learn from them and to absorb how they do certain stuff and 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 imp, like apply it to my situation and my thought process and how I think and how I uh, uh, process certain stuff. So, yeah, it's just I know I'm going to be successful one day. So that's just that's just that's just honest truth, because, of course, I believe in myself and I just know that the work I'm putting in is is going to lead me to becoming something great and something that I've always dreamed of. So I just have to put in the work to get there. So. So like mentally, I'm already there at being like really successful at what I do. I just have to put in the work to fulfill my ambition and fulfill my dreams and goals and stuff. Because like I literally just got my first. Um, I just saw my first. Uh, my earnings for my first um, run of like music that I put out on DistroKid and it's really awesome to see that like wow like i i literally like looked at my distro kit the other day or yesterday and you know what it said like how much i earned 34 cents even though it's only 34 cents you know what i got out of that this is possible if i put in the work that can grow into something much much greater than I ever thought and so like for me like getting 34 cents um from my music means more to me than than getting a million dollars from any any salary job like for me that just I don't care who you are I don't care what you're doing I would never like trade spaces like, that's what I came to realize over the um, New Year as well. It's just, like, I'm in a space mentally that, like, I don't want to be anybody. And um, I'm pretty happy with who I am and how I think. And I accept I accepted my flaws and, and um, changed the stuff I don't like about me or tried to change stuff I don't like about me and that I can improve. And to uh, level up on the things I do like about myself. So that's I think that's important for a lot of people to understand. It's just like you have to really do the work for yourself so that eventually you can become like whoever you see that's really flourishing or you admire. Like the only person that can put in the work to be that great person is you and no one else can't do it for you like that's some shit that you got to figure out for yourself because like 
that's what really all motivation is, is to inspire you to try to figure the shit out for yourself. And that's what I really um, came to the conclusion of um, winding down these last like two months or whatever. It's just like a lot of people um, give motivation and the most um, you can get out of it is that they inspire you to go out there the shit you want to do. And not only that, but they're trying to inspire you to, to figure the shit out yourself because no one else is going to. And no one else is going to help you like fulfill your dreams like that. People only have a certain amount of time to deal with a certain amount of shit. So no one is going to uh, give you 24 hours out of the day uh, out of their time to make your dreams come true when you don't even like believe in yourself or you're not even putting in the work yourself. That's why people say like, like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's, it's kind of corny, but it, it, it rings true. Like nobody can um, teach talent but mm, talent can't beat hard work, no matter how talented it is. Because there's a lot of talented players that played in the NBA, but a lot of them don't have the the hard work element, the, the guys that want to be unstoppable and not just good or great. And so I think I'll just end it there on that note. And um, you can follow me on Instagram, lord.swink. Um, you can go to my website, lordswink.com. Um, check out my uh, Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. I haven't really put anything on SoundCloud just because I'm pretty much limited in tracks I can upload and I don't have the money to upgrade right now, so... I haven't put anything on there in a while. So, um, yeah, Bandcamp, Spotify, YouTube. YouTube's up there. You can get the podcast up there as well. I'm about to switch over, um, uh, get another beat site together with BeatStars, and I'm probably going to integrate that on that website as well because you can do that. And, um, yeah, just stay tuned for more. And um, check out my instagram because that is just where i'm at for the most part that's where like that's where most of my digital footprint is at on instagram i don't really use twitter at all um i just use it to like to post on instagram and then send it to twitter and facebook and uh usually what i'm on the internet for is Mostly internet, um, internet, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and that's about it. That's mostly what I do on the internet. Like, it's Instagram and YouTube. There's nothing really else that I really go to like that. Um, and so, what else? Oh, motivational quote of the day.
think I forgot about this last week too. Uh, let me see. But I made sure I caught quite out today. Motivational quote for the day. Motivational quote for the day. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, sit with winners. The conversation will be different. I like that quote. So yeah, um, this is episode sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. Peace to y'all. I'll be back next week. Peace.